we got our hot ghouls of Halloween because we got a guess. So this is probably the only time you're going to hear me talk in this episode. And we're talking movies, and it's pretty apropos because we're talking Friday the 13th, part two, starring Amy Steele, John Fury, and Kirsten Baker, written by Ron Kurtz and directed by Steve Miner. Chris, I told those others they didn't believe me. You're all doomed. All doomed. Listen, I don't want to scare anyone, but I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there. Hey everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? As Scott said, we're going to be talking about the second installment of Friday the 13th from 1981. And because it is Hot Ghouls of Halloween, we have filmmaker Mandy Cantone. I probably screwed that up because that's what we do on our show. Hey Mandy, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you guys for having me. Um, so we're going to be discussing just the, um, the Friday the 13th Part 2. We are going to be discussing that, but... Or do I get to go yeah. over what I'm making? <laughs> so what we're going to do is right now we're going to do a special segment called Shameless Self-Promotion. And uh, <laughs> so let's do like biopic style. Like what, here we are, you're just, you have, let's, let's start with the projects you're currently working on. And then why don't you reel us back and bring us up to speed on how you got to where you are that you are sitting on our show. Okay, no, absolutely. Um, as of right now, my husband, um, Anthony Caimano, and I, I messed up his name, I feel so bad. Um, <laughs> we're working on Friday the 13th Blood Loss. It's an unofficial fan film. It's going to be starring Ari Lehman, Beatrice Buckley, A.J. Stone. Um, if you're not familiar with them, Ari Lehman's from the first Friday the 13th. He is the boy in the lake. Beatrice Buckley played um, Amanda Kruger, Freddy Krueger's mom, in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5. And then um, A.J. Stone is from Texas Chainsaw 3D. He did the promotional material. He's the one that you see on the cover. And then um, he did the additional 3D scenes. But we have um, plenty of other stars. Our leading actress name is Lisa. Um, I'm going to say her name wrong. <laughs> it's because Gaisano or it's I, I never got to officially ask her how to pronounce it. So I apologize for that. But we have a lot of actors um, that um, everything broads from where we have um, one actress who's been in Creed and there's just there's just a wide list right now. It's like it's just a little bit too midday for me and um, to go over everybody. It would just take hours. So um, but you wanted to know how I got to this point. Sure. I mean, you know, like <laughs> you you are uh, getting ready to shoot a, a, a film. There's usually some genesis, some origin story that gets filmmakers to the, the place they are now. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, actually, let me mention that we're going to actually be starting filming on October 15th, which is only seven days away. And um, everybody's super excited about that. And we're just hoping to get this project out there and get as many like eyes on it as possible so that we get as much support as possible. Um, we're trying to meet, reach our goal right now. We have a new stretch goal of 30,000. And every time we reach our goals, we do a big um, raffle night and we give away a ton of prizes. I think the last one we gave away 42 prizes. 
So, um, so you currently have so a, sorry, you're currently crowdfunding for your film then? Yes, it's on Indiegogo under um, Blood Loss. It's all we'll say Friday 13th fan film. Um, and well, Friday 13th Blood Loss fan film, and it's like all in capital letters, I think. I think um, it's the second one's like that. Well, then we'll, we'll definitely make sure to put that in the show notes uh, in a hyperlink so that uh, if people are interested, they can uh, contribute to your, your uh, crowdfunding. Um, Scott and I actually were talking about this last night before we get into your, like I said, your origin story. So okay, what's your definition of like fan fiction? Because I was wondering about how you can make a film like this and not end up in some type of like copyright infringement. So as long as you say that it's a fan film, um, you can't use any logos or anything like that when you're making these films. And um, you don't um, borrow any of the you don't borrow too much, basically. Okay. Like with the, the names and everything from the film and stuff like that. So, of course, you would use Jason. Um, you'd use Pamela Voorhees. But you try to steer away from all the other, like, original characters that were brought up with all the films and everything. And you try to bring your own twist to it. And you bring a story that um, you think would happen during the time period, like, in between the films and everything. Awesome. So Scott, basically are you, are you, just... you there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was going to ask. A, I was going to ask a question. Okay, I'm going to let um, Scott run because otherwise I'll just talk. To you. It'll be just you and I talking, and Scott can. Well, go, go I figured the intro would have been good. Like this was the only time you're going to hear me talk. <laughs> uh, but um, my question is with with um, Jason and Friday the Thirteenth. Like, if you go on YouTube, in terms of majority of fan films, it it seems to be like he's overrun with it. Like why so much Jason? Why not so much Freddie or Michael, Michael Myers kind of thing where, why, why do you think so many people resonate with, with the Voorhees family? Um, I'm not too sure of me. I'm actually um, more of a Michael Myers fan, like with the Thank Halloween fan franchise. So <laughs> Um, I definitely thought that would have been like a first pick, but it does, it does really seem that um, it, it's probably because of the, you have the teenagers, the, the partying and stuff like that. And it just kind of, I don't know, I guess brings a more fun element to it. Um, with Halloween, of, of course, you, you know the backstory with that, with Michael Myers and everything. And I think it's a little bit more slow paced. Jason's a little bit more just, it's, it's a faster paced franchise with everything. So I, I think that's kind of one thing that appeals more to people. But Michael's still pretty big and he is my favorite. But um, I don't know, but I think that's what it basically is. It's just, it's just a faster paced slasher film. But with Freddy, um, I've heard that it's very difficult with the prosthetics to make a fan film with him to make it realistic looking and everything. So you have to put a lot more into it. And there are a few out there that have come out and everything that are pretty decent and stuff, but it is a difficult one to film. All right. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, that, you have, again, I was trying to give you some, have, some space have. here, but that's fine. <laughs> um, so, okay, why don't, you, why don't you give us some of your background? Because I definitely want to talk about, I'm just looking at your IMDb. Uh, you did the Sawyer Massacre, which is like Todd hopper like texas chainsaw massacre like how actually i can we talk about that director just right now like how did you end up producing a film with like one of the masters of like horror um the the sawyer massacre was actually that's a fan film um oh. that was um created by um 
Oh God, why am I forgetting everything, Steve Morlow? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not feeling well today, so I'm a little off, and it it would go a lot smoother normally. So I apologize for that. Um, Steve Morlow wrote and directed the film. Um, it was an original screenplay by him, um, but it is a fan film that was based before the time period of the first film. So it basically focuses on the Sawyer family, and then um, with that film, I just. Steve Merlot actually um, came across me on social media when he was like promoting and asking people, hey, can you check this out? And he was doing his campaigns and everything. And that was back in 2020. So um, I just supported the project from the beginning. And the producing part, I was on Behind the Fiends. Um, it was a podcast with um, John Evans. I was his co-host. And with that one, um, he decided that he was going to buy producer credits. He was, he, it was part of the Indiegogo. So he did that with, um, he did that for me and the other co-host that was on there as well. So it was like a gift, but then that kind of turned into more where I was asked to do the production assisting for the film. So I handled all, um, a lot of the, you know, the secretarial type work with it and everything, getting emails out to everybody's schedules, their um, their sides and stuff like that. Sorry, so, was that the Dr. Ghoul's show? No, that was um, Behind the Fiends. It was actually, oh, the, the show's called, okay, the show's called Behind the Scenes. No, Fiends, Fiends Behind man. the Fiends. Oh, Behind the Fiends. Like, oh, oh my God, Chris, yeah. come on. This is why you're supposed <laughs> to be co-hosting here, man. You're supposed to be stepping into this stuff. <laughs> well, I... I, I I kind of like it when you stick your foot in your mouth too, right? <laughs> big foot, big mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so how did but, you um, how did you get into filmmaking in the first place? Um, basically, um, when it was it's the filmmaking started with um, Doctor Pool because he reached out with me, and it was based that was that's a web based um, show where I was doing segments and everything where he would, um, I would actually film them from my home. I lived in Florida at the time. I would film them and send all the footage out to the, to the studio that would actually sit there and edit them and everything. And that, that was based out in Moon Bay, California. I'm trying to like recall everything. Sorry, <laughs> but that's, um, he reached out to me and he asked if I would be interested in doing the show and everything like that. Cause he was going over my um, Instagram which, because it said I was trained in performing arts. So he, um, he seemed that I had somewhat of a following. So I think that's what like really attracted him. Um, because I, I'm going to tell you right now, I hate acting. I honestly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and then like when I started doing the show and everything, I'm like, because this is why I hated it. Because as I had um, originally started off in theater. It's what I'm trained in. So um it's like, I'm just remembering like from theater and like dancing and all that stuff. Um, I'm like, I just hate the repetitiveness of having to redo the scenes until you get them right. And when I started doing that show, I was like, I go, oh God, it's like, I really hate this. I just hate it. But I like all the behind the scenes stuff. Um, I'm a graphic artist and it, well, so I'm a digital artist, but I can also draw like regularly. <laughs> but um I do a lot of, I do a lot of commercial work and everything for, um, for my actual like job job, I would do marketing and everything like that for small businesses and do like small, um, social media, like, um, commercials. And it was basically social media marketing. Like, you know how, like in the stories and stuff like that. So I'd mm -hmm. make special videos and edit them and everything for that stuff. 
Um, so I started kind of doing that for Dr. Hool too. I was trying to lean out of it because I had gotten sick back in 2021 with COVID and I almost died from it. So and then it just, it took a really huge toll on me, like um, health-wise and I haven't, I haven't recovered from it. It caused me to have congestive heart failure and everything. So I've kind of, um, I've decided that the behind the scenes stuff is what I actually like to do. So I just started doing stuff like that for Dr. Gould when I started doing the commercials and stuff like that. So he actually wanted me to start doing the actual um, movie hostings because they were um, starting to do the the horror hosting of the um, the films and everything to show them in the local theaters. But I was just too sick where I wouldn't have been able to do it. So that was kind of a bummer. But um, yeah, since I'm there with all of that right now, um, Growing up, my parents um, paid for me to take private lessons for acting, um, dancing, voice lessons. Um, I, in schooling, I did um, performing arts and everything like that. So I'm like thoroughly trained in theater. So that's like my strong point. So film, that started in 2020 with Dr. Ghoul. And then that's when I met Steve Merlot. And then um, I met my husband through doing an interview with John Evans on Behind the Scenes for one of his films that he was going to be um, crowdfunding and everything. Um, so then that was um, January of 2022. So the rest is history. So this is where we are now. So what uh, what made you do like Friday the 13th blood loss? Like what, what got this particular project uh, kind of you know, in the writing phase or like you're almost ready to go to camera. So like, what was the, again, like the Genesis to keep using that word of this particular film? Sorry, I froze my water and I'm trying to drink it. It's not working. Um, (laughs) um, What got us to this point, (laughs) Anthony, Anthony just decided he was sitting there one day and he asked me, um, because we had taken like seven months off from doing any type of work with like films or anything like that and then he just asked me he's like he goes if we he's like he's like you want to do this he's like I was thinking of doing maybe a Friday 13th fan film and I don't think he really had any um really like big reason why he just picked Jason at first because the next one he wanted to do like a a Halloween short as well with Michael Myers but um this was just to get us up and running and to show people what we can actually do. What's your page count? Like, what, how many minutes do you think this film's going to be? Um, it's a feature-length film. Um, he's hoping for at least, like, an hour and a half. Okay. And how many days of shooting do you figure you got? Um, okay, it's going to be broken up. So this is our first um, set that we're going to be doing, and it's going to be five days that okay. we have at the campground. Um, are you are you nervous? <laughs> I, I always get super nervous right before we go into production. So, no, um, just uh, I think he gets a little nervous because there's a lot of things like we have to make sure that we have everything like tied up and stuff like that. Make sure we're not forgetting things, and I just have that feeling that we're gonna forget something no matter what <laughs> because we're sitting there and it's like. Oh, like yesterday we we're talking about there's a scene where they're going to be cooking and everything in a kitchen and i'm like you go you know it's like we don't have any pots or utensils or anything like that they're going to be like they're, they're going to be making chili or something and he just looked at me like with this blank face like that was like the last thing he's like he thought of all the weapons and everything like that and it was just 
he forgot all about the kitchen scene. <laughs> so it's like, like I said, it's like you always forget something, but I'm not nervous. Um, I'm excited. We're going to meet a bunch of people. Um, there's a lot of people tied to this project. Um, and everybody's just super excited. We just had to recast the, the lead actress. Um, and she actually owns her own, um, it's um, like a it's an entertainment school. Um, she, she does the dancing, acting, and I think they do singing lessons and everything there too, like voice lessons and stuff. So that was like really impressive. And we we're very lucky to get her kind of at the last minute. Our other lead actress, um, um, some things had arose where she wasn't going to be able to meet the schedule for filming. So we're still on good terms with her and everything. But unfortunately, we did have to recast, but we got lucky because it was like two weeks to filming. <laughs> so that's the one thing is um, the only thing I would be nervous about is having to recast somebody like the day of because it is a fan film. And a lot of these people are donating their time and everything to get this done because everything that we've been raising completely goes into production. Um, like we had to get equipment and stuff like that. And it's just it's it's been it's been an interesting journey with everything. It's just to get us up and running. And um, it's it's been really good so far. Um, the the story, it's like, I wish I could tell more about it, but I don't want to spoil anything with oh, well, it. What can so you tell us? What can you scene. tell? What, like, give us the, the, the log scene. line or something like that. Silly. <laughs> no, um, what could I? No, um, Jason's not the only killer. Um you're going to realize that, um, that there's, okay, maybe I'll give a little one. There's, there is a curse with Crystal Lake. So you'll, you'll get to see more of that. Like we'll dive into that a little deeper and everything with the film, but, um, Beatrice Buckley, um, Freddy Krueger's mom is going to be playing Pamela Voorhees in this film. So she's super excited. Um, she has it all over her social media. Um, she's like, She's, I think her one post said something about um, Freddie's her favorite or she'll he'll always be your favorite, like her firstborn or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but like Jason brings out another side to her and I was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> so um, everybody's super excited. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, AJ Stone is going to be playing Jason. So he'll be our Jason Voorhees. So he's going from Leatherface to Jason. So that's a really interesting spin. Um, these, a lot of these actors from like the older films and everything like that with the horror films and stuff that um, everybody's like going to meet at the horror cons and stuff like that is that they've, um, we've come across a lot of them, especially like Ari. They're just so excited to do these films. And it's just, it's a huge relief and it's so good to work with them. They're so much fun. And they just bring, um, they just bring a lot of life to it because they just, they're expecting it to be fun and, and everything like that. So, so like that energy that they bring, it's really good for the rest of the cast. So it gets everybody who's donating their time and stuff like that super excited as well. How much longer that do you have? Any sense. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I said, if that made any sense. I was like, I don't know if it made any sense, but it's there. I said it. <laughs> Um, how much longer do you have on your crowdfunding or is it going to, is it just con kind of constantly running until the film it's is in demand? Yeah, it's in demand right now. And we're going to try to keep it going um, as long as possible. So that way we can, because we still have to be able to, um, you know, there's post-production costs and stuff like that. Um, it's like, we're not going to keep it up forever, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, we, we would like to be able to put a lot into it. 
um, to make it something really special. Do you uh, do you have a a projected release period, like or release date? Like, is there? Do you have the like your when you would ideally like this film to be ready for a viewing audience? In all in all honesty, because um, at the end of the month we're supposed to be filming with Ari, and um, group we have a remote scenes that we have to film um, in November. Um, there's a lot of people who. Um, they're going to be filming like um, news segments or YouTube segments and stuff like that for us to use in the film. So that's another little spoiler thing. Um, Cause there'll be people like discussing what their, like their stories and stuff. Like I think what they've heard about Crystal Lake and stuff like that. So we have a lot of little things like that, that are going to be stretched over the next couple of months. And we also have a, a scene where we're filming a bunch of kids um, as like a bunch of little kids that all like witnessed something horrific that happened at the lake and stuff. So that's going to be a lot of fun too. That's a separate filming day with them. And we have a bunch of stuff, special stuff lined up for them when they film and everything. So that, that's going to be good, but I don't think it wouldn't because that'll be November we, when we get to finish everything up with filming. So we, it, it probably won't be until January, February, when everything is like finished, like with the editing. But honestly, that might take some time. I would like to see it come out as soon as possible. But in all honesty, we just have a lot more to do with it. This is just our first set. Filming in the woods, killing people. <laughs> <laughs> good way to start. <laughs> just good way to start. So before we move off of this, uh, just a couple more things about your film. Um, are you planning on seeking out distribution or is the idea to go like directly to like uh, YouTube and do an upload? Like what, what, how are you planning to get this in front of the eyes of the world? Okay. My husband made it to where you can only view it if, um, as of right now, it's if you go on and you purchase the digital download or the Blu-ray in our Indiegogo. But um, after that, um, I'm sure it'll be uploaded to other streaming services, but it it's not going to be uploaded to YouTube. It, it won't be uploaded to that. He's made that very clear. Um, I think it's because we we're putting a lot into it and everything, and he just wants to make it um, to where to where everybody just goes goes ahead and, and does the digital download and the blu-ray like during the um, actual campaign and we're going to be doing a screening um like after everything is done and stuff like that a big premiere party and people will be able to um, purchase tickets to go to that as well fantastic scott do you have anything else before we actually get into the film uh, I was just gonna ask, like, I don't know if you could tell us, but how you were saying before, like, in terms of a fan film, it's like in between kind of the series. So, where would yours lie? Is it in between like two and three, four and five? Because I'm guessing, um, is is the Jason in your background like your Jason? Yeah, is that like that's our Jason? <laughs> so it's gonna be past three, then maybe past five. I'm guessing because it looks like zombie Jason. It's past five um, originally because we um, toyed with a couple of different stories with it, and but now it's um, it's kind of in between. I think it would be more um, past six. So nice. it's, I don't, I don't want to say too much more. <laughs> You're like we're keeping it with Kane Hodder. <laughs> That's who we're keeping it with. <laughs> 
But go ahead, Chris. Let's talk movies. Scott, you can also just... So let's, yeah, let's jump into this film. So Friday the 13th, part two, roughly 1981, 90-minute film. Go ahead, guys. And now you, Mandy, said this is your favorite, correct? Yeah, this one's my favorite. Um, this is when you actually get to see Jason, like when he's introduced to doing the killing and everything like that. There's, um, there's some comical things to it that I liked best as well. Um, <laughs> like your background. <laughs> um, I don't, um, but I, I just, I liked how the beginning starts off and everything where, you know, you, you have Alice there and stuff like that. And like with the kill and stuff like with just the way it begins, there's just a couple of things with that scene that I just don't really understand. Because it's like, as you, like, you get older, you're like, you know, when I was a kid, this was really awesome. But like, right now you're like, none of this makes sense. But I guess they just thought it looked cool. Like, um, why was her, like, she was getting the prank calls and everything. It's like, why is her phone ringing? It's like, I don't think Jason is pranking her, but is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, how did you find her? And then <laughs> it's just like a lot of little things like that. But um but it's just, I, I don't know. I enjoyed the story more and everything. It's like, I, I like the first one because, you know, it's Miss Voorhees and everything like that. And, mm-hmm. of course, it introduces you to everything. But the second one, um, I like Sackhead Jason. I don't know. It's a good one. <laughs> All right. Yeah, for me, this was, in the words of my kids, this was the, the try hard of the series. Like, because they really tried very hard to keep what worked on the first one but it seems like it kind of um kind of like broke apart during filming i don't know if it was funny because like when this movie starts they have 14 counselors and when i saw it i'm like i don't remember all these guys getting fucking killed (laughs) and then all of a sudden they just make up like hey we're going to a party and like half the counselors never come back (laughs) they just stay at this party yeah (laughs) that's one of the things yeah that's like one of the things like um that I was talking about it's like there's just a lot of things that don't make sense and you realize that as you get older and you're like you're watching it now from a different perspective it's like okay they 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 really like you said they really tried hard um but I uh, but I still enjoy it I still like it more than the others and then you'd hate me because it's like the other favorite is um Jason X so it's like I like space Jason <laughs> that's my that's my guilty pressure or guilty pleasure because it's 100 percent Canadian. I had to point that out. He said pressure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then um Freddy versus Jason. So yeah, I kind of like steer more towards the the corniness with um horror films and everything like that. So I'm guessing that's another thing it's like with this one. But I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I'm like, I go, I like it because of this. You can go keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like well, like you're saying, like um there are a lot of things in this one like me and chris were kind of discussing it last night over bears that it's like they tried to make a through line for each character um but it seems like half the time they forgot and my favorite we were talking about is like the muffin like uh pot line like this dog that just you know (laughs) disappears at the beginning we see a mutilated dog that looks just like it and you're thinking you know that's it and then you have its owner 
randomly like, okay, I'm not going to this party because I got to find my dog. But then she gets distracted with just a lake and decides she's going to go skinny dipping and (laughs) and then comes back out of the water and then like, you know, gets teased a little bit. And then she's like, well, I got to go find my dog again. It's just like, oh, it made no sense to me, but it it just like it works because it's 80s fucking horror, right? Because you're just like 80s horror. Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, trying to, you know, make sense of this plot other than we need to do something with the woman for, you know, we're trying to tie it into the first film. So we need to somehow kill off that final girl. And I agree with you. It's like, so did did she just stay in like near Crystal Lake in the town? Like if she moved to like Chicago, like did Jason get on a bus and then take that bus to Chicago and then pull out a phone book and then like look up this person and like, like I, I a hundred percent agree. I'm like, how the fuck is this even happening? Um, as, and on the topic of the phone, I wonder if it's similar. They're trying to just like use like kind of some already developed horror tropes, like from black Christmas in 74, you know, the phone calls, although in that it's like, you know, obviously, um, there's a creepy voice on the end, but just the idea of like getting prank phone calls was building tension. Like if you're watching it in a theater, you're getting like, Oh, who's that? Like, what's going to happen? And then like the cat jumps in the window and like the jump scares and stuff. Um, if you take the plot stuff out, like, and you just like, let's just watch this as a, as a suspenseful horror film. I actually didn't mind it. I, I thought that it, it it was, as Scott said, they did a good job of keeping some of the stuff that did work in the first one. Um, the oh that opening scene actually has a lot of great tension the i'm assuming they're using a steady cam they're using lots of great tracking shots as you're moving through the apartment again sometimes you kind of forget like is this are they trying to do like jason pov or are they just doing audience voyeurism they don't seem to really know which one of those they want to do but it actually works there's a couple shots where the camera is stable and then like she goes into the bathroom and and it's it's great tension like again back to the point of like but then jason kills her spoiler alert (laughs) jason kills her and you're like huh how the fuck did that happen but as a as a scene it's great and like my quote today is actually from john Corey from the new york times and he says and this was his criticism this film had nothing but criticism on rotten tomatoes uh the plot is an excuse for joining together horrors all of the sadomasochistic kind and the acting is rudimentary at best it probably will make a fortune so yes Yes, it did. The original one was made for roughly 500,000. It did 60 million. This one, 1.2 million, 22 million on the box office. Not as much, but that's a pretty fucking good return on investment for a film that feels a bit thrown together sometimes. And like, I, as much as I do agree, there are lots of, sort of like that scene that Scott's talking about where the, the character goes looking for a dog, decides to then go skinny <laughs> dipping, like full frontal nude. And that's one of the things about like 80s films. You're like, Oh, maybe you'll see like full frontal like breasts or something. Nope. This is just like straight up everything, like all naked back and front. I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Um, But the scenes themselves (laughs) don't really work in any type of like order with the film. Like they're not out of place, but they don't really have any connective tissue where they like kind of feed into each other. It's like, okay, what do we want to do here? Okay. We want to kill this dude this way and we want her to see this. So how do we just set that up? And I think when we were, we, our last show, we talked about Skinamarink and I was talking about how, when you 
or laying out your beat sheet, you're like, I want these things to happen, but then you're supposed to fill in the material. And this very much feels like formulaic, like formulaic before we even really had the formula. Like we want to kill a person like this. We want to kill a person like this. And then they just go about doing so. Yeah. He kills her with the ice pick and then takes the teapot, the tea kettle off the stove, which I don't understand that. <laughs> I just <laughs> well, he could have been thirsty, right? It's like, it's like he said all of that, and that's the only thing going through my head. <laughs> See, I was hoping, and so I was hoping he took something. The tea kettle off the stove. <laughs> I was hoping something brutal was going to happen with that tea kettle, right? Like a scalding burn. But you're right; it's just like beep and off. And he's like, mm. it's like. Okay. <laughs> you, you did forget, like, the instigating. The inciting um, incident? Yeah, was her. He he literally, wherever he went, if he did go on a bus, he brought his mom's head with him. Because he had to put it oh, into, that, the, that, into the, the fridge. fridge, right? <laughs> I'm like, so, when he stabs her and stuff, you're thinking a head for a head. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, yeah, like, he brought that with but you know when you see him walking and stuff, they don't indicate that he has anything with him. So it's like, where did he have it? Yeah, because you figure that kid that he kind of crossed paths with would have been like, oh, this is fucked up, right? <laughs> like, <mom. laughs> yeah, no. I, the feeling I get from the very beginning um, when he's going to the house and stuff like that and like the phone calls, um, I feel like they um, kind of threw a bunch of different films in with that. Like one for starters, like they've seen like, Michael Myers and they decided well Jason can do that and they like so they like throw together that first scene and like they're going to take it in a different direction and then they decided decided that um they needed to go back to the camp direction which I don't know that's the part the transitioning that that bothers me a little bit from him going to like you said it looks like he's in Chicago to um <laughs> all of a sudden he's back in New Jersey <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess originally they wanted to actually pick it up uh, where, sorry, forget it. I was, I was going to start to talk about three because I watched them back to back. Forget it. Three is supposed to pick up where the ending of this is, but the actor doesn't come back. And then I was like, oh, maybe that's why. But I'm like, I literally have my films mixed up. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, One of the things I definitely didn't like about this film, like, I don't like this. I'm not going to pick on the dialogue and stuff. Like I said, as I went and watched three and I was like, it was almost unwatchable to me. This was like, prose like high level shakespearean sonnet level uh theater compared to the third one so i'm not going to pick on it too much it is what it is you know the there are some very long scenes that do not like need to be like when the sheriff is like he sees jason so he goes in the forest first off why is it when people are running in the forest they keep running and they keep running and somehow the person is able to keep following them even and th in this one the sheriff stops and he like catches his breath then he runs some more then he stops and catches if jason just like stopped running like the guy would not have been able to follow him but that scene just feels like it takes forever and it's just him running through the forest running through the forest and i get it so they need him to get to jason's little cottage so they're like, well, we'll just like, it's almost like the room, like the, with the, the Tommy Wiseau film where you see all the stuff that gets you there. It's like where they could have literally just been like, he runs into the forest. He looks around a couple times. He hears a snap. Boom. There's Jason's cottage. But they're just like, well, I feel like he would run for five minutes. So let's have him run and we'll keep the camera on him for five minutes. It's probably really out of shape. It's probably why they had to keep stopping. 
<laughs> and I wonder if it was also just about trying to make sure you built out that 87 minute, you know, runtime. They're like, okay, our script's like 60 pages. We need like another 20 or 30 of time. So let's just like, just keep scenes running really, really, really long. You know what I mean? Yeah, it it does seem like even, you know, when they're the um, the one gentleman and they're having that like verbal tit for tat, like about the I just want your fingers for position and all this stuff. Right. But like that whole scene seems like pretty fucking long too to hand him like a Game Boy or whatever game that actually was that they handed it instead of like getting to where it needed to be quick where it was them too distracted so Jason can go kill the two <laughs> upstairs. What's your what are both of you guys, what's your favorite kill in this? Oh no, for me I think think it's just the very beginning. Because I like that they killed her when they killed off the like the final girl from the first film. So um, I know that there's some uh, other like like you have your cruelest kills and stuff like that. But um, I'm gonna say that's my favorite. What's your favorite, Scott? <laughs> I don't know. I would say probably a tie between Doom Guy, like when he gets like. Uh choked out with the razor wire behind the tree because i'm assuming he only got killed because he was a pervert like following horror rules because he was watching the other two making out but at no point noticed jason was on the other side of the tree beside him <laughs> um <laughs> so <laughs> right because they're technically both watching them making out right because he turns around the tree and then jason's just like right there so they they were both watching right um uh, but <laughs> That one, but we or, won't mention that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say like the the one because they did have to like um, dumb it down when I was doing the research of this film was the um, the double penetration one because I guess it was a lot more gir- uh, gory, but it would have given them an NC seventeen rating. So to see what that one kind of would have been because you know it was kind of a nod to like the the Kevin Bacon kill in the first one but instead of through the neck it's both of them through the torso so i would say probably those two uh i like when is it mark uh in the wheelchair (laughs) gets gets like shot and then rolls backwards and just like all down the stairs i'm like i mean i can't imagine having to reshoot that all day uh like cut do it again reposition back to ones wonder how many times they did have to shoot that. Yeah, I mean, it I works. I mean, the, they have, I, I, I'd have to go back and look. I don't, I feel like it's one single shot too. Like it's, it's not, I don't think there's a breakup in that. Like, obviously there's like, he gets hit. And then, but for that whole movement as the wheelchair moves backward, I think is one take. So, I mean, you would have to just no, I like, mean like, like how many times did they have to do it though? Like that one take. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> like if it's one take, it's like basically it's you have to do it until you have it right, right? So mm-hmm. um, what I found interesting when I was looking into this is so the director is Steve Miner, who he did work on the first Friday the 13th. He has done uh, a lot. He had done a lot of work with Sean Cunningham, uh, but he goes on. So he does two. He does three. Uh, and then like in the horror, horror genre, he does Warlock, Halloween, H2O, Lake Placid. <laughs> But what I found most interesting was that for TV, 
he did a bunch of pilots, including some episode, like uh, almost full seasons of episodic television. The Wonder Years, Dawson's Creek, <laughs> Smallville. I was like, that is a paradigm shift in show, you know, from, from the stuff you're shooting uh, film-wise into basically the most wholesome of TV shows possible. You know what I mean? I don't remember the Wonder Years, man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but you know what the concept is, right? 1960s yeah, yeah. white Fred family, Sa- everything Fred is great Savage. kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Fred Savage. I remember that. Right? Those six That's things, all I right? remember. Fred Savage. Just remember. Yeah, That's Fred a- Savage. That's all I remember. Um, so this film currently has a 29% from critics and a 48% uh, audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. I always give those a bit of like, eh. Uh, older films, sometimes they don't get reviewed as much so i think it would be interesting to see if people were to go back hopefully they listen to this podcast and they go rewatch this film and re-review it because do you think those are fair scores no i don't um i'm a really big fan of the 80s horror and i just i think a lot more films should bring back um those practical effects and everything like that that were used and like the just that style and everything. Um, our next film is going to be a little bit geared towards that. Um, it was an original screenplay that's written by me. And I just, like with this film, um, I don't know. It's it's enjoyable. It's like, yeah, a lot of it doesn't make sense, but it's really fun to watch it. And it's like, and to see that, like, because this is the film where you actually get to see Jason, like, do his thing and everything. So it's like you had your first one. Um, they, they still feel... I don't know. They they feel different, but they're still the same thing. It's like with Halloween. It's like um, my fav- my actual favorite horror film is Halloween 3. And it has nothing to do with Michael My- Myers and everything. But uh, just that film, that's that's like one of my favorites. So it's like when you go along those films and everything like that, and it's like, and I'm a huge fan of trauma. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel that with this type of um genre and everything like that with the horror films from the 80s that they should really bring that back hi sorry <laughs> it's interesting because no, i don't think it's a fair i don't think it's a fair um score for that at all uh scott go ahead and then i, I want to talk about uh the fact that tom savini didn't work on this film because we you brought up uh practical special effects what do you think scott you think it deserves like the, the 29 for the critics fine but f- 48 from audience i think i feel like i think the audience was personally would like this if they like horror and especially if they like Friday the 13th. Well, I think, I think like anything you have your favorite, right? And when you're going back, you're going to, if you are going on to these Rotten Tomatoes and reviewing it, right? You're, you're boasting your favorite, right? And the other ones don't really matter kind of thing. And, and that's Is that the how thing. you like, raise your children? The... You're like, only one yeah, can yeah. be the favorite, and the other <laughs> exactly. ones don't matter. I'm in the Deion Sanders kind of thing, where each day they're they're at, they're set at zero, and whoever like, you know, pisses me off goes down. They're my third favorite, and then if you know somebody does something nice, they're my first favorite for that day, right? Like you gotta you gotta do it that way. But um, I think because it, it's horror is a niche, it, and I don't want to say it like to me the best movies to watch in theaters is either a horror movie or a comedy. Cause you have the group and the community feel right. Cause you feel like you're into it a lot. And I think with these, right. Like, I don't think you're Robert Ebert or you're, you know, you're, 
hardcore critics are really going to be going in and actually looking at it like with the eyes for the audience it's supposed to be it's just like fuck this shit makes no sense do you actually want to know what roger ebert said about this film this movie is a cross between the mad slasher and the dead teenager genre about two dozen movies a year feature a mad killer going berserk and they're all about as bad as this one (laughs) yeah that's the thing right i think he he liked Halloween, if I remember. Like he gave Halloween props. I think there was another horror movie too he really liked too. But I mean, Halloween, the original Halloween, is a fantastic piece of filmmaking. That's the thing, right? It like is. it's it is it is. There's no tropes because it is one of the OG films, but it's also really well shot. I would say very well casted and just the, like the, the screenplay. And I mean that do, 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 do like the John Carpenter scoring for it. Like it's actually a very well done film. It's one of my favorite films. Uh, and definitely uh, it, it's probably my favorite like horror film because it's not s- too scary. Cause I don't do well with scary stuff, but I very much appreciate it as a filmmaker. Yeah. We talked about it before too. It's my favorite as well. Um, but I think with this one too, with Friday the 13th, it's still like in these early stages, it's still trying to find its identity, right? To kind of make it apart from from what Halloween was. Because the first one was pretty close to what Halloween was because it's all killer POV till the end. And then you have the surprise who the killer is. And this one, it like continues with the kit, like Jason, most kills is Jason's POV. But it's later on when you actually get to see it outside the POV genre, like without the lens and it's you just see Jason killing stuff where it literally becomes Jason's the hero of this films and you're just waiting for him to like fuck up these really bad counselors, right? Uh, so who do you guys recommend this film for? Everybody, because this episode's dropping on Friday the 13th or Friday the Thursday the 12th. So, you know, you can wait till the That's next cool. day to, to actually yeah, watch Everybody it, should right? watch this. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, again, I think that if you, like I said, I didn't hate this film. Uh, I thought, I think it's, it's totally great. If you can watch it in the dark, I watch my films with the lights on, as Scott knows, because I get scared very easily. Uh, so I think if you want to watch it in the dark, it's, it's got decent tension. And as long as you're not like overanalyzing it, just, it is what it is. It's like pizza, even when it's bad, it can be good. Um, I definitely recommend if you, if you have not gone back and rewatched this film and you are into the horror genre, definitely check it out. Um, Mandy, before we let you go, is there anything else you want to say? I mean, we're definitely going to throw, uh, your crowdfunding into our show notes so that people can check you guys out and hopefully give you some money to help you get your film made. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to say to our audience before we, before you get out of here? No, um, basically, um, you kind of just said it that you're going to throw up our, our link and everything to our Indiegogo campaign. Um, it is in demand. So help us reach that 30,000. So that way we can have our raffle night. Um, we give away a ton of free prizes and you won't be disappointed. We go all out for it and everything. So we're, um, we're just, I think we're about only 5,000 away from reaching that goal at this time. So, um, and every, any type of support helps if if somebody just shares it and everything like that, uh, that goes a long way as well also. But I want to thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. And 
yeah, um, everybody stay tuned for Friday the 13th, Blood Loss. And uh, once it gets released, uh, we'll have to have you back on to talk about the film. Yeah, absolutely. All All right. Thank you, guys. Ciao. Thank you so much. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. So, Scott, uh, what are your thoughts on this this film that she's got coming up? Like, do you think yeah, it'd be like, it, I mean, they're shooting late, so, like, imagine having to make, like, actors go in the water or anything like that, or... Uh, oh, that's the thing. You, you get the, the one actor that fucking pissed you off, right? Like, if I was making a film, 100%, you'd be the guy going full frontal into the fucking cold lake in the middle of... Uh, I'd make sure we'd be filming it in, like, November or shit and be like, that ain't shrink a motherfucker. That, 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 this is where uh, we're probably going to cut to the George Costanza, like, it's shrinkage! It's shrinkage! <laughs> <laughs> the water's... <laughs> Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.